It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today's guest is Justin Andrews. <laughs> Am I a guest? Justin, welcome <laughs> Welcome to your podcast. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I've been li- I've been a long time no listener and participant. I'm, I'm glad that I can finally be a guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's your time. <laughs> well, we're doing uh, Justin's race report of Bandera 100. Yeah, Bandera 100K. It was a uh, it was a an exciting <laughs> race. <laughs> well, let's uh let's start off with how your training went and what you, you know, did leading up to the race. You're in Alaska, of course. So let's hear about how you got your long runs in and all that fun. Yeah. Stuff. I think, um, I had one of the biggest training blocks that I think I've ever done for a race. Um, shout out to my coach, Eve Massey of rising mountain coaching. Um, she, she kind of let me have a little bit of control this year. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I've been working with her hmm, two and a half years, three years, something like that. I don't know. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we've always, um, she, obviously she plans everything, but I, I got to have a little bit of feedback on my plan on my, uh, plan this year, I guess my training block. And so, um, I wanted to do something that I've never done before. I've always done high intensity, low volume, and I wanted to do a little bit of lower intensity, higher volume this time, just to see what that looks like and how that um, can, you know, transition over to a training block, I guess. So, yeah, I, um, I I did almost 70 miles in my peak week, which for me is is pretty low. And so I was I was kind of excited about that. I would do most of my long runs outside, even though it was, you know, really cold. We had some, I think the coldest I ran in was negative 31. Um, but yeah, every Saturday I would do my long run and then the Sunday, you know, medium long run I would do inside on treadmill. The reason I decided to do that in on the treadmill was to kind of mimic the race day conditions. So I'd crank my garage up to about 60 degrees and go play in the garage. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't mind running on a treadmill. The peak week was two 20 milers, uh, back to back Saturday and Sunday. I did one on Saturday, obviously, and outside had pretty good conditions for that one. Wasn't upset at all. And then, uh, Sunday I got in on the treadmill and man, there's something, uh, mentally strong about doing a 20 miler on the treadmill, but yeah, it was great. The, the training, um, was, was really good. Um, testing out some new, new nutrition stuff. Um, thanks to, you know, Dave Martin, a guy that we talked to, I, I guess we could probably say what we've been using. I feel like it, it it's tested, it's tried yeah, and well, it's true. Let's, uh, let's, let's do that during, you know, your, your race. Yeah, day. let's do it. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's, I, th- I was thinking that it's time to, it's time to let the cat <laughs> we've been, out the We've bag. been talking about, talking about it long enough. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, was testing out some new nutrition and so, um, you know, experimenting with that and see what works and see what doesn't, um, you know, I'm still doing. Um, well, I'm still planning to do a hundred miler up here in March. So I'm trying to figure out what freezes and what doesn't freeze and, uh, working on more liquid nutrition than hardened foods. And so, um, yeah, so playing around with that, but yeah, man, everything went great. As far as the training block, I have no complaints at all. Um, you know, did some things that I'd never done before the, the extreme long back to backs, the, uh, the doubles, uh, running doubles. I've always done like run and then lift the same day, but I would do a run lift run. And so, um, that was a lot of fun to experiment with and kind of figure out what I can do, what I could do on my feet. And so, yeah, I had, um, you know, going into the race had zero injuries, had, you know, nothing like literally everything was awesome going into the race. I had a really big goal for myself and yeah, there is a famous saying out there, by Mike Tyson that everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> and that's exactly what that I did. So I got punched in the face. <laughs> you know, you mentioned that, uh, the back to back 20 milers Saturday, you ran outside then 
Sunday you ran it on the treadmill. What was that experience like? What, I guess what I mean by this is, you know, you ran outside the day before for 20 milers, then 20 milers, 20 miles. Then the next day you had to mentally prepare to go in and do another 20 miles, but indoors on a treadmill. Like I said, man, I am not bothered at all by getting on the treadmill. I love running long runs. I look forward to them. They're so much fun, especially when you're running with people. I enjoy running with people. Um, I had one of my really good friends, Kathy, join me for 10 miles of my 20 miler on Saturday. And so, you know, we chit chatted for 10 miles and then she had to go. And I, you know, I just, I ran another 10 mile loop and um, finished it up. But yeah, I, I don't mind running indoors. Um, I love my long runs. I, I like just getting up and making something quick to eat, grabbing my stuff and jumping on the treadmill and getting going, man. It, it doesn't bother me at all. I'll, I have a, a pretty nice size TV in front of my, in front of the treadmill. So I'll just crank on like a movie or some TV shows and just power through it. I'll, I'll talk on the phone. I'll call people like, <laughs> just, it doesn't bother <laughs> me at all, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. Like I know some people hate the treadmill, but it, it has never bothered me at all. I've, the longest I've done is a marathon on the treadmill. So I, I need to, I need to power through an ultra one day on the treadmill just because I'm, I'm not bothered by it. But yeah, I did a marathon last year getting ready for a hundred miler on the tread. But so yeah, the back to back 20 is not, not a big deal, man. Honestly, knocked out the first 20 and, um, you know, like I said, I'm a mid to backpacker now. So, um, knocked out the first 20 in four hours on sub four hours on Saturday. And then I think it was like four twenty or something like that on Sunday. So, um, yeah, a little bit slower on the treadmill just because, you know, I, I was, uh, I did have 20 miles on my legs from the day before, but, um, yeah, great. Recovered perfect from the day before. And it was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have, for me, it would be, it'd be hard the next day on that treadmill. Cause I, it'd be like, I was just outside yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I would like to have gone outside, but as mentioned before the mimicking race day conditions, I don't have a sauna or anything that I can jump into. So, you know, cranking up the heat in the garage to 60 degrees, um, allowed me to be race day ready. Um, you know, because of the conditions, I think the day before when I was running outside, it was probably negative 10 somewhere in there. That was probably the average temperatures of my runs. Some of them were cold, but I think that day was probably negative 10 somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, you know, so cranking up the heat a little bit and though 60 is not really that hot, but cranking up the heat to 60, because at that time, that's what the race day was supposed to look like was 60 degrees. So, um, I did a lot of, a lot of runs in that temperature. So that, I think that paid off huge yeah I, I guess when you looked at that way that you were doing uh heat training for race day yeah. that makes total sense by doing it inside and doing it on the treadmill and turning the heat yep. up let's talk about the travel from alaska to dallas how'd that go yeah the the way there um went perfect there was no issues at all um a lot of our flights out of alaska are what we call red eyes so they're in the middle of the night so i flew out of here at like 3 30 in the afternoon um i think i got to dallas at like 5 a.m with a layover in seattle so of course you're you know you're dead tired because who can really sleep on a plane so i think all of wednesday was kind of just chilling hanging out and um <laughs> you know just taking it easy uh, Thursday is, uh, was just another kind of hangout chill day, kind of prep for stuff, go, you know, go buy a couple things that I might've needed. Um, and then Friday we headed down there to the race, I think from Dallas to Bandera is only about five hours, but we were pulling a travel trailer. So that was a little bit longer. I think it took us like six or seven. So on, uh, I drove from Rapid City down to Bandera and I left Thursday about one o'clock and I showed up, uh, in the Bandera about three, 3 PM the next day on Friday. <laughs> You're crazy. It was, man. A, <laughs> it was a 16 hour drive for me. And then I, I stopped for four hours and slept in a Walmart parking lot. That's not bad. Though. 16 hours. Isn't terrible. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, it was really cool. Actually. I've been to Texas multiple times, but I've always flew. I mean, I've drove around some parts of Texas, but be able to drive through like a majority of that state 
which is so big. I got to see a lot of different country yeah. and it was really cool to actually see because the places I've been in Dallas and, you know, surrounding Dallas is totally different than what I got to see at Bandera, especially the high country of uh, Texas. But driving through Sweetwater, uh, I didn't realize, you know, like Amarillo's got a higher elevation than Rapid City. Really? I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's 3,600 feet. Oh, my feet. gosh. I had <laughs> yeah, no idea. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was going to pull into Texas and I was going to be like at 1,200 feet or 800 feet. By the time I got to Bandera, I'd be like at three or 400 feet, but totally wrong. Um, so that was cool. Then we met up in Bandera at the, the RV park. Then we headed out to Packet Pickup. What did you think of the Packet Pickup in the pre-race meeting? Yeah, you know, Packet Pickup with uh, Teos Trails is always kind of like small town. That's what I kind of think. It's like the, you know, everybody talks about the grassroots races that were, you know, and like I came in the ultra scene in 2020. So I didn't really know much of like what the grassroots is, you know, opposed to you who came in in like 2012, 2014 timeframe, uh, you know, but that it tails trails just kind of seems small town to me. And now that it's not a golden ticket, I think it's even more smaller. Um, still Western States qualifier, but not a golden ticket race. So it doesn't draw those large, um, elite runners to come in and try to break records. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, you know, it's, it's cool. It's just a bunch of dudes and chicks that run ultras just standing around talking and, you know, seeing old friends and meeting new people and people that you've only chatted with online that you know you're seeing in person i I think that was it's kind of cool any kind of packet pickup and race brief you're just seeing like old friends and it's always a lot of fun our sport is so small that you know we run into each other all the time on these things but yeah it was cool like the the race brief was was perfect um you know i'd studied the map a little bit and kind of knew what i what i was getting myself into but it was kind of cool just to be reassured that the course is going to be marked because that's always my biggest fear is getting lost out there. But, uh, you know, I think they said they had 2000 markings in a 30 mile loop. So, you know, very reassured that I was not going to get lost. And I, I could see how you could, there was a couple of crossings that you could definitely have taken, but you know, at every single crossing they had like tape, like do not go this way. And, you know, even through the night, you know, when there was a, a possibility that you could have taken a right instead of a left, you know, it was, it was very clear that that's not the way to go. And so there was never a um, a doubt in my mind that I was not, that I was going to get lost. So that was perfect. Yeah. I thought the, the packet pickup was really cool. It was, you know, like you said, it was more of a, it's more of a grassroots, smaller. The race brief was really good going through everything. The crowd was really good. Then we headed to go get food. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> that was an experience. I'm not going to. Yeah. Lie. We decided to go, uh, you know, play it safe and go get some, uh, uh, well, I had spaghetti. It was a pizza joint, I guess, but I had spaghetti. I was like, I don't think pizza is going to do the stomach good the night before a race though, though I've had like Mexican food and been fine, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I stuck with the old traditional spaghetti and, yeah, it worked out, but man, what a, what a crazy place that was. It was like one dude taking orders and one dude cooking the food. And this was all the same dude. <laughs> it's just like the guy that owns the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can you expect <laughs> in a small town like that? I mean, I can only imagine how many people, like maybe 2000 people live in that town, if that. So you, you don't have much of an option, you know, it's not a big city. So, you know, you, you get what you get. And it, it was pretty much all the ultra runners from, from the day that are going to be running the next day that we're in there. So it was kind of crowded and took us a little bit to get our food, but you know what? The food was good. It was worth the wait. And so, um, I'm not, I'm not disappointed for sure. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, the, we, I think we got there in about seven and I think we left about a little after yeah, nine, Yeah, but the, the pizza I had was really good. I mean, it was some of the best pizza I've ever had. Um, Dang, now I wanted to try so, the pizza. I guess I'll have to go back down. Yeah, there and try I was some like, pizza. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I, I was, of course, the anxiety, you know, the night before the race, you want to get back and get your stuff together. And I was feeling the same way. Um, so it was kind of hard to wait that long, but the food was worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Then we went back so to, let's talk about, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, we went back to the, the trailer. Oh, well, you were going to, you were going to go into, go right into what I yeah, was Yeah. We just went back to the about. trailer and, you know, spent about an hour or so kind of getting everything ready, having the, having the plan with the, the crew and everything, just talking about, you know, what we're going to do and, 
the plan was for um, you guys to meet me at every aid station um, and kind of do a handoff of of bottles and and food and, and send me on my merry way. Um, like I said in the beginning, you have a plan until you get punched in the face, and so <laughs> the the plan was good, but you know, think things happen, and that's ultra. You know, you got to well, adapt and overcome. Yeah, I mean. I don't think there's ever been a perfect race for yeah. me. I mean, after you look at it, stuff's gone perfect, but there's stuff that just doesn't go right during the race. And if you think it's going to all go right. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, know, looking back, I, I, I'm not upset at all. Um, you know, I had a goal. I didn't meet my goal, but I met the ultimate goal. And so, you know, finishing. And so I'm, I'm super happy with that. Um, yeah. We can talk about that as, as we go further. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> go right into it. I mean, everything right at once. <laughs> yeah. Let's Yeah. Let, well, let's go right into race day. Um, yeah. Race day woke up. Um, it was chilly. Um, even for me in Alaska, you know, there's something about a Texas cold. I think it was like maybe, t- what was it? 15 degrees that morning or something like that. Something yeah, around 10, that was... 10 to 15 degrees that morning. Um, I had a long sleeve shirt that's super light. Um, you know, one of the Brooks long sleeves that I had on, um, I had one of the like lightweight Brooks jacket on. Um, and I, you know, that's what I was planning on running with in the beginning. Um, I had my, the Caldera sevens, um, the new, the new Caldera sevens rocking some calf sleeves. And then, uh, of course the, the high point trail line from Brooks. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was perfectly fine. I was warm. I had a little beanie on, some gloves. It was fine. You know, as we're sitting there getting a little bit ready to go, get closer to the race, I was like, dude, I'm going to be freaking hot. As soon as I start moving, I know I'm going to be hot. And my wife at, has always said at my aid stations that you're not leaving with your jacket. And so every time I think about that, like, I can't leave with my jacket on. So so I stripped the jacket <laughs> off right before the race started. Um, so I just had a long sleeve shirt on, but it was super thin, something you can kind of like pull the sleeves up. And I actually ended up running the entire race with that, even throughout the day when it got a little bit heated, but like, it's so thin that it, it doesn't even bother you. It just, I pulled the sleeves up and it was fine. Uh, took the beanie off, switched out for a hat, gloves gone, obviously. Um, yeah, the race started, um, had about a five mile to the, to the first aid station, a little bit of climbing on that first section. Um, the first nine miles are pretty climby. Um, and then the, there's about a seven mile after the seven mile section after the nine miles that is a little bit of climby, but also some good runnable stuff in there. So you can kind of get going, but then do a pretty good little climb. But I would say a lot of your climb is in that first nine miles of the 30 mile loop. Yeah. I got to the five mile aid station. Uh, Robbie, you were there. I was like, Hey man, I need, I need my insoles and they were in my other shoes. And so um, I was hoping that he would have them by the 10 or the nine mile uh, aid station. I was starting to feel some pain in my arch. Um, I never really felt this pain before. It was weird. Um, I was kind of a contributor to like the rocks cause obviously I've been running on treadmill, running on snow, but I was like, man, I've never felt this pain before. And it was starting to creep up and it was starting to hurt. And I was like, it's gotta be weird because it was happening in both feet. Um, and so I get to the nine mile mark and you said I, I didn't have them. I, you didn't have my insoles. You couldn't find them. And I was like, okay, they're in my other shoes. And I think my other shoes had just been left back at the start stop. So I was like, if you don't mind, grab my other shoes and meet me at the next aid station, which was seven miles from there. So that would have put us at about the 16 mile mark. Um, but I was hurting by mile 10 mile nine, uh, whatever that nine mile aid station equestrian. I was in a lot of pain. Um, by that point, my feet were, my feet were real swollen and there was a essentially in a bump on the outside of my arch on the outside of my foot, but the, I guess the in, inside of my foot, but on the side of it had swollen tremendously. Um, and I didn't know what it was. I'd never felt that pain before in my life and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. But I, all I could think of is, okay, I need my insoles, which was weird for me because I wear insoles sometimes, but I'd really like kind of transitioned away from them. And so I'm like, man, I, and I've been doing a lot of strength work on my feet, just kind of walking barefoot, rolling feet, you know, working on getting the calluses off and moisturizing and softening my feet. And I'm like, man, I've played, I've put so much attention into my feet on this training block. 
and this whole training block I'd not had any issues with my arches or I have extremely high arches, kind of a little background, but, and I've dealt with some plantar fascia before. So, but this was just a pain that I'd never felt before. So I was like, okay, maybe I do need main soles. Maybe the rocks are kind of messing with me. And so, you know, mile 10, I was just in, I was in a lot of pain. I was like, God, how am I going to run 50 more miles with this much pain? Uh, mile 16 met you guys again. Um, I had, uh, you had my shoes with the insoles. I just decided to switch the whole shoe. It's like, let me just try the whole new shoe and see how that plays out, what, how that's going to work. Um, it did not work at all. It wasn't, it wasn't helping. Um, yeah, I was able to, you know, make it all the way around that first 30 miles. Um, I was, like I said, it was in a tremendous amount of pain. Um, but you know, the, at the, the crazy thing was, is like, I had no pain in my legs. My stomach was perfectly fine. My head was in the right point. I, you know, I just, every step I took was just this excruciating pain. And and it's so hard to, you know, everybody who runs ultras, they're like, oh yeah, my feet are in pain too. But it's like, you know, I've had the, the ultra feet before where, yeah, it sucks, but you can keep moving. I've had that before, but this was not that this was like, it hurt bad. Even on, uh, there's a section called the racetrack, which is like running through a field. There's no rocks. It's just like, you know, it's a little trail through the, through a field. So it's dirt. Even that was excruciating pain. So I'm like, man, what is going on? I just couldn't figure it out. Um, but at that 10, at the, at the halfway point, the 30, 30 miles, um, I took my shoes off and I had you and my mom just kind of massage my feet, see if we could break something up, see if we could. And you guys were just like, <laughs> I got pictures of it just bearing down on my foot, just trying to, I, I don't know, Robbie, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that, seeing like what, what was, what you were doing there. Well, you know, when Justin came in to the, the, the first aid station, he mentioned that his feet were hurting a little bit. Um, then as we kept going, he, you know, he's, he said it was getting worse. So my thought was, well, let's, you know, get the shoes off and see if we can release something that's hanging up. Uh, he did start with a brand new pair of shoes, but you know, I had all these thoughts going through my head. So I don't know if it was the shoes, you know, and all this other stuff, the insoles, then switching out. So I was just trying to dig in there and try to relieve some of that tension in his musculature of his feet. Uh, Cause when he took off his shoes, you could definitely see bumps um, where his, you know, inside of his arches, where his arches at, they were protruding pretty good at the, at the halfway point. So just trying to put some pressure on there, try to massage them out. Um, they felt like a dried up rubber band or a better way is like an old garden hose that had like a golf ball ran through it <laughs> and it was all dry rotted and like you, you could feel it and you could feel like each little piece in there and his muscles. Um, so, you know, the kind of thought was just trying to massage those out and get his shoes back on and get him going again. Uh, if you see the pictures, he was in extreme pain. Like, we couldn't even touch his feet without him wincing and uh, screaming in pain. But Yeah, I, I honestly, I was like, I don't know if I've ever cried during a race before, but I, there might be a <laughs> tear coming out on this guy. I don't, it was so weird. Like, it was that when you guys were pushing on my feet like that, oh, my gosh. I was, I, it was just like sending pain all up my body. I was just, I, I don't know. It's so hard to explain how bad it hurt. And I was just like, what is going on? I could not figure it out. Um, but you know what? I, we, I finished that lap at like seven ten something like that. And I was out. Yeah, you came in. I was out at like seven twenty seven. Well, it was a little bit later than that. Seven thirty maybe like, um, seven yeah. hours and 30 minutes for the loop, not seven p.m. but and so i was like man we're st still putting down a pretty good pace here my my goal was to be 15 hours um i was still on essentially somewhat on point for that 15 hours um knowing that like obviously i got to do another 30 miles on these feet so probably gonna have to you know get rid of that goal but um but i was 
still pretty proud of myself for the amount of pain that I was in to be able to put down a time like that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you rocked it. Um, I, I think my first lap, the, or the fastest mile was in my first lap. It was like mile 21 was my first fastest mile. So I was like, you know, even, even through the pain still, still running. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, at, at the next point you, uh, you jumped in with us. Um, it was, it was kind of cool. I had been running, uh, by myself for about 15 miles. And then, uh, one of my friends, Teresa, that was running, uh, the race, uh, ran with her probably 15 miles or so on the back 15. And another friend of ours, Jason, um, was just probably five minutes ahead of us coming into the, the turnaround. Um, we all decided that, Hey, we're going to run the last lap together. So we all kind of headed out together with you, Robbie. And, um, I, I think that was a lot of fun. It's always fun when you can run a race with someone, you know, um, you, you know, obviously I had goals of doing a faster time and, and maybe they would have been able to keep up. Maybe they wouldn't, I, I don't know, but you know what, in the end, it was so much fun running with them and catching up with them. They're friends of mine from South Dakota that I hadn't seen in a long time. And so it was really cool to just chat and, you know, catch up with them. And so, like I said, you have your goals, but in the end, like the friendships that you make on the trail are, are way more worth some stupid goal. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. There's always another race. We, yeah, exactly. We, we said that, uh, we, we were all joking about Robbie cause we were like, yeah, Robbie's out here pacing us, but like, he he was pacing us, of course, but he was taking all this video and photos of us, and it's like Robbie's our uh, not our personal pacer, but our personal photographer. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you were out there taking some crazy shots of us and like going and getting all these sun because there would be points where it'd be like, oh, there's a sunset, or you know, there's a cool lookout. It's like, all right, we'll stop and take a picture here, but you're going out like going out of the way a little bit and like getting some cool shots for us and. And I thought that was really neat, you know, something that like we would have had to go out our way to get, but you just kind of ran over there and grabbed it for us. And so, yeah, it was kind of my thought too, you know, like when we all left, like you'd already been kind of running with them and already had the, you know, the kind of the, the camaraderie with the camaraderie with those <laughs> two as you as you were running. Um, I was like, you know what? I got fresh legs. I can go get some cool stuff for him. It's the least yeah. I can do. Cause I had the fresh legs until I didn't, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, and that was like the first time that I've been able to like take my time and get some cool videos and some cool pictures and just be the person there to help support you guys and kind of try to document it. Like yeah. that's what was kind of going through my head. Let me try to document this for them. Um, and I, I thought it was probably pretty cool to be able to do that. Yeah. And some of the videos I've watched that you took are pretty sweet so those will be coming out you know check on our instagrams probably <laughs> you'll see a bunch of them coming out <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on uh some of the course when you jumped in because you you know we'd already done a loop so we knew exactly what to experience what was your thought when you jumped in um i didn't really have any i was kind of blown away by that area of texas to tell you the truth i mean just driving up to it you can tell there's something there, but you can't where the start is. You can't really tell. But then as soon as we took off and we started getting into the hills of that area, I was really blown away with how beautiful that country yeah. is and how rocky and technical and those hills are like, they're nothing, they're not long or anything, but they're punchy. And it's like you're running on ball bearings pretty much the whole yeah that whole loop you know it's it's loose rock there's some sections that are dirt but there's still rocks mixed in there yeah uh, it's really technical course yeah i was actually kind of blown away at how techy it was um and, and it gets more technical the further you go the last four miles um is probably one of the of the loop is probably one of the most technical parts of the race and it's like you know you're you're running on these like you're running on like what you said, ball bearings running on rocks pretty much the whole race, except for maybe a five or 10 mile section. But, um, for the most part, you're running on these rocks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they start to beat up your feet, but I, who knew, you know, I, I couldn't even tell at that point, but 
yeah, the last four <laughs> miles of, of the each loop was extremely technical. Like some, you're climbing like waist high steps, like having to grab stuff and pull yourself up. And it's just like, oh my gosh, that is insane how, how techy this could be. And it's just like, you hear about trail runs being technical and you're like, oh, I ran a technical trail. And then you go run a, a real technical trail and you're like, oh, that's what technical looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we weren't in like the high Alps of, you know, Colorado on the scree fields technical, but you know, it's like there was still still some stuff. It was like, Ooh, I got to slow down to take this step down. And you know, what got me was all those rocks that were embedded in the dirt. Um, so you're running on top of ball bearings, but then there's big boulders that are embedded in the dirt and you get so used to just being running on loose rocks that if you hit one of those rocks, that's not going anywhere. It's like, you know, catching your foot because you're so used to sliding around. And as it got dark, those started to really stick out to yeah. me um, where you had to put your feet. Um, when it was dark, it was, there were some sections that were pretty interesting when it was dark. Um, of course we were, you know, weren't running at a very fast pace, but that, uh, ice cream hill. Um, I mean, I didn't get to do the last four miles, but that step going up the, that one, it was like, it was, the step was taller than my waist. <laughs> yeah. And the that's girl probably in front how, of me. That's probably how it was on, on the last four miles, but it was multiple steps like that steps up and step downs. So, oh. yeah. I mean, the girl in front of me had to get on, all fours to go up that <laughs> because she couldn't, there, she couldn't put her foot anywhere on yeah. it because she would have just fell off backwards. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, this is a, <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It was exciting. It was, it was definitely an exciting race. What, what ended up well, happening, can- happening to you? I, you had to, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to brag a little bit here on my behalf. You're the second pacer that I've ever dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah and, and i will take that fully oh gosh that's funny. um I, i'll never be able to drop we, robbie ever again this dude's an incredible athlete don't don't get me wrong <laughs> you know there's there's no excuses i mean this was off the couch 50k for me um i didn't train i didn't do anything i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um i thought my fitness was good enough which in the end, my fitness was fine. We were coming down to the Nacho Aid Station. That's the 16, 16 miles or uh, 32 miles. Or no, excuse me. Yeah, 32 miles. No, wait. Yeah, way more than 32. Yeah, 16 miles, right? Yeah, 32 miles. 16 for you, but and, but like way more than 32 for me. 32 yeah. was like pretty much the oh. halfway point. So that would have been like 40, oh, right. 46. Sorry. You're right. 46 m trail math. I can't even do it. I'm not even on the trail. <laughs> we were coming down while well, we were on the other side and going up that section I was talking about. My headlight started fading out. Um, I must have had it on when I put it in my bag, or whatever. So when we got down to the Nacho Aid station, I was asking anyone that had, a, you know, a USB cable and I was going to give it to Justin's parents to charge it while they drove to Chappas. And thankfully there was this guy, he's like, here, you could just have my headlamp. Then there was this lady. She's like, I got a charger and a cable if you want to take it. So I, I left with both and you guys got ahead of me there. Cause I, uh, I took my time at that aid station and I had to grab some stuff. I uh, get rearranged. Um, and I was very grateful for the charger but the cable was so loose, like it wouldn't stay into the mm. USB port. So I had to hold it the whole time. So I was just, I left there walking, running. Then we were getting closer to that power line section yeah. for Chappas, which was just, for me, that was the most horrible section. That was a it bad. It was flat. But it was bad. It was bad during the day when you could see. <laughs> I mean, it's flat, flattish. There was a little bit of hills there, but... um like it was just such loose rock and such big boulders. Like you couldn't, you could run it, but you really have to pick your line and with being dark and trying to do all this other stuff. 
I walked as fast as I could. Then I caught up to you guys, kind of chappas. And I took my time. We all kind of, you know, took a little bit of time at chappas. Then I started noticing this weird, a weird pain that I've never felt on the outside of my left leg, right, um, right below my knee, like upper shin on the outside. Um, so you guys kind of took off. Then when you guys started running, I, I tried to start running. Like every time I would try to start to run, I could feel that pain. Mm. And it was a weird pain. It wasn't like a 10 or anything, but it was probably around right six. But the problem, as soon as that pain, I could probably get like 20 yards and that pain would kick in. Then I noticed my gait completely change mm. and I couldn't like fully kick back with that left leg. And if I kept running on it, the pain got worse. So then it forced me to walk. <clears throat> and at one point I had to go to the bathroom. So I stopped and when I stopped, I got really, really cold because at this point it's dark. Yeah. And, and the temperature had dropped it, quite it, a bit. Yeah, it was pretty, and I don't know what the humidity was. It had to be up there high. since we were so close to the, you know, and I'm not used to cold and humidity at the same time. So I put my jacket on, uh, started to kind of warm up. Then my hands started going numb. So then I stopped again and put my gloves on. By this point, you guys were way ahead of me. Um, then I got to the point where I couldn't even like run at all. Then every step I'd feel that pain. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to walk 15 minute miles. That was good for a couple miles. Then, you know, next thing I know, I'm I'm close to 18 minute miles. Then I'm like getting really, really cold because I can't move very fast. I had all my cold weather gear on and I just kept getting colder and colder. Uh, at this point, I didn't want to drink water or nutrition anymore. Uh, and it was just kind of to the point where you were with Teresa and Jason. I knew you were taken care of. You guys were way ahead of me. You guys are probably <laughs> two miles ahead of me at this point. And I was like, the the only thing I can do is get back to the finish to watch you guys finish, yeah. to watch you finish. That was more important to me than, you know, walking the, I wanted to see you guys finish. Yeah. See you finish. So I got to that section. The course is really confusing I'm sure during the day you can kind of get your bearings, but at night we crossed the road and I didn't know which side of the road we were on. And we walked through that other side of that meadow and you get along that power line. Mm -hmm. And it got really, really cold. The wind was blowing and I was stopping quite a bit. Then I heard, I heard the road. And if, if you ever ran in Texas, like it's thick where the area was thick, like you couldn't see the headlights. Mm -hmm but you could hear the road and I'm not used to that, especially, you know, Colorado, South Dakota. Like if you can hear the road, you can usually yeah. see headlights or something of the road, you know, it's just so thick there with uh, those mesquite trees and whatever other trees there are there. So I made the decision. I'm like, well, I hear the road. I'm just going to go on the road. Cause I knew it was two miles from the headquarters mm-hmm. to the start finish. So I was like, I'll just get on the road, walk back. So I find this game trail and I start walking on this game trail <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was actually really cool. I'm sure it was more of a pig trail than anything. Cause it was like worn out and you could see like where the low hanging trees, they were just like, there was like a tunnel going through there. And I know, well, the deer are small there. So who knows? It could have been both. Um, but I started looking for pigs. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to see a pig and get a picture. Well, I keep hearing the road. The road never gets any closer. Then all of a sudden I see a headlamp and I hear voices. I'm like, huh? So I keep walking. Then I'm back on the trail, (laughs) but I have no clue where I'm at on the trail. I'm just back on the course. (laughs) So I'm like, well, I just better follow these runners. So I started going the way the runners were going. Then a bunch of people started passing me that I never seen. Like, you know, when you're at a race for all day, you, Wherever you guys kind of are, we see those yeah, same people you all get the time. Know, like, right? all right, they're going to be around here somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And these people I had never seen. I'm like, I have to be past the Yaya Aid Station. I must have like somehow, which is the last aid station before it's finished. I must have just completely went around it, and I'm a mile or so ahead. So then, the trail 
the trail like did a Y, then there was a service road. And I was like, well, I still hear the cars. You remember that metal gate? You probably heard that a bunch where they were running over that cattle yeah. guard. So I, was, I kept hearing that. I'm like, I got to be close to this. So I got on the service road and it, it popped me back out on the main road. And I was probably half mile from the start finish. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I just walked in and uh, I was so cold at that point. I was shivering. I just got back in my car, started my car and put all my warm clothes on, let my dogs out. Then went over to the, to the finish to wait for you guys to come in. Then, then there was another little debacle, but (laughs) 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 which it it all worked out in the end. I had to go back and I never came through Yaya and uh, Justin's parents were there. Then since I never came through, uh, Justin's mom was waiting for me. So I hurry and drove back and picked her up. Then, we got back. We got back in time. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was crazy because I, I well at one point when your headlamp thing, I didn't know that your paint, the paint in your leg was going on. Um, I knew that your headlamp was out. Um, Teresa and Jason, they were they were, I think they were using the restroom or something, and I was ready to go, so I just started walking out of that aid station. I was like, if I just walk at a a good little cut, they'll you know, they'll eventually catch up to me. So, uh, probably about a mile down the, down the road they did, they caught up to me and I was like, Oh, where's Robbie? And they're like, I think he's right behind us. And I think at that point you were behind us. Um, and I had heard you talking to somebody, um, on the trail and I heard you la- your laugh and I was like, Oh, okay. He's back there. So I didn't think anything of it. Um, and then when I got into Choppa's, I think Choppa's there's, it might've been nine miles left or something like that. Um, at Choppa's the you came in pretty much right behind us um yeah. and then that's when you said yeah i'm in a lot of pain um you guys will probably leave me and so i was like ah, that kind of sucks but um but at that point you know i'm 40 something miles into it so i got all that i got that ultra brain going on so i'm not like comprehending what you're telling me <laughs> you know i i remember <laughs> you, you know saying yeah. like yeah my leg is hurting right here and i'm like oh yeah that probably you know yeah that sucks like I, I I don't mean to be rude, but I didn't have very much sympathy for anybody at that point because my feet hurt so bad <laughs> that I was like, yeah, it sucks, bro. Sorry. But, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no. And, and I, you know, I wasn't looking, no, I wasn't no, looking I, for any sympathy. Yeah, I was I like, you. all I know, all I wanted you guys, I wanted you to go and yeah. do your thing. And, I, you know, the experience that I've gained over the years of running, like I know when I, I don't need to run yeah. anymore, um, it would have been a different story if it was you and I, and you were still trying to meet that, yeah. that, that time, that would have been a totally different story. Um, I knew you were in good company. You guys were all doing great, doing your thing. And I just kind of pulled away and was like, well, unfortunately I got to take care of myself, yeah. but yeah. And that's well, Justin's fine. Yeah. No, it was, it, it worked out perfect. Honestly, that last nine miles was probably some of the worst. It, it honestly was, it was really bad. I was, I, I couldn't run. That was that big runnable section that I, I wasn't able to do like, and and I felt bad. I was, you know, I was holding them back and they kept being like, Oh yeah, well, you know, we're all out here together. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, but I'm, I'm holding you guys back, but, but it was cool. You know, that's what, that's what troll friends are all about. You know, we're, we're there to lift each other up. Yeah. And so, you know, we all finished, finished at the same time and you know, it was great, but um, I, I did hold them back though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but everything, everything went well. Um, you know, during my training block, I put a lot of emphasis on heavy, heavy strength training. Um, I think I totaled it up. It was like 26 something hours of strength training, which, you know, in a, in a block, that's, that's quite a bit, um, lot, a lot of squats, a lot of single leg work. Um, so I, you know, I contribute that to the legs just feeling phenomenal. I had some, I had some, uh, I was gonna say it band. I didn't have any it band. I had some hip flexor issues in my right hip. Um, but I think that was just from those extremely st- tall steps having to jump up on and kind of jump down. Um, you know, I worked hip flexor stuff. And so, you know, I, I just think that that was, that was the course as it was. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else I could have done for that. Um, you know, that was just part of the course. Uh, the nutrition, uh, like I said, been training with some, um, some new stuff. We've been working with Dave Martin, uh, who we've had on the podcast before. He kind of talked to us a little bit about, uh, using cluster dextrin, 
And so you can find cluster dextrin in, in things like uh, BPNs, one, G1M, um, Scratch's Super Fuel, uh, all has cluster dextrin. Um, but Dave told us this company is called True Nutrition. Um, it's just the basic cluster dextrin. That's all it is. And um, I'm I'm a testament to, and Robbie is as well, that that stuff freaking works. I had zero stomach issues. I was running that all day long. I'd run one scoop of it, which has 32 grams of carbs. Um, and then I would put either um, half a scoop of scratch or half a, half a deal of element in there um, to stay on top of my salts and then add flavor to it. Because you can get flavored cluster dextrin, but I decided to run the unflavored and that way I can flavor it with whatever I wanted to. Um, that stuff works zero stomach issues. And I've had stomach issues on my races before nothing real major, but a few, um, I was using, um, spring energy to kind of supplement with that, the awesome sauces and, uh, the Morton gels and the Morton bars. Um, the race was sponsored by Morton. So they had tons of Morton stuff out there. Um, I'd had the Morton stuff. I hadn't really trained with it, but I've used it in races before. So I knew it worked and it, it doesn't upset the stomach at all. So you know, with, with Morton spring and, um, the cluster dextrin, that's what I ran 99% of the race at. I had like one quesadilla and then a couple things at Coke, but other, and then some bacon. Uh, so maybe 97%, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> zero stomach issues at all. And so I will be, I will be buying stock and true nutrition, and, uh, <laughs> you know, buying, buying as much cluster dextrin as I can get my hands on. Cause that stuff works. I, I've run mine a little different. I've been trying to uh, up my carbs a little bit. So I do two scoops of the cluster dextrin and about a thousand milligrams of just regular salt in my, in my one bottle. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's been, that's been working, working great. Great for me. Like, like you were saying, no stomach issues. The consistency of the energy on that is something that I've never really felt with nutrition before. Yeah. It hits you. And when it does, man, it hits you hard. Like it just, is like, boom, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, um, it's not an up and down roller coaster. It's smooth. It's stable. Yep. I remember when you were, if you're on, I remember when you were pacing at one point, you're like, Oh, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you this question, like, I was I wasn't hungry at the aid stations. Like I was not hungry. Yeah, I you know, I didn't even really think about that, but yeah, you're right. I wasn't. I never was hungry. Um even like when I got done with the race, I didn't eat anything. And that's typical when I finish a race, I usually don't eat for I'm not able to eat for a couple, you know, 12-15 hours um after a race just the body just does what it wants to. But um yeah, the aid stations you know, I had to almost force myself to grab some food. Um, you know, I grab, oh, I'd take it back. I did grab some oranges at one point, but, um, yeah, just those little bitty things. Like there was a, quite a few aid stations where I didn't grab anything. If anything, I would grab just like another Morton gel or a bar and stick it in my pack. And so, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a feast what I normally do at an aid station. It was coming in being like, okay, yeah, let's see what they got. And, you know, but yeah, I, 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 you're exactly right. I was not hungry at all, which is kind of rare, but I will say that, you know, I'm not going to say the word only, but, um, I did end up finishing with 1625, something like that. Um, I, I beat the 17 hour cutoff for Western States. So I got my Western States qualifier. Um, so in saying that I, I was running for only 16 hours as opposed to when I do my hundred milers, it's 30 hours. So almost double that, you know, so I'd be interesting to see like running 30 hours of cluster dextrin if you're going to be hungry as opposed to, you know, 15, 16 hours. And, and you know, I had tons of fuel yeah. running cluster dextrin, probably 30, let's call it 30 to 50 grams an hour with the, you know, with the spring energy in there and, I wouldn't take a spring energy every, every hour. I'd take one every couple of hours, you know, every other hour. So I would take a Morton gel or a Morton bar and eat half of it. So it's like, you know, sometimes I would have 70 grams of carbs one hour and then maybe the next hour I'd only have like maybe 40. 
Um, and so it just, it kind of varied on what, what I was having, but yeah, I, I, I think, a, you know, fuel perfect, honestly. And the hydration, I'm always good yeah. with hydration. I don't really ever had an issue with that, but. I mean, you were, you know, with the first 30 miles of what, you know, I was in meeting you at the aid stations, you were coming in, your nutrition was always empty, but your water bottle was, you know, your water side was here or there, but it was, it wasn't full. Yeah. You know, sometimes, especially at Nacho, I mean, you were drained and that was a long section without aid. Yeah. Seven miles, kind of the heat of the day type thing. Yeah. Then even when, you know, I was with you, I was completely out of water and nutrition, um, probably two miles out before we even got into there. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> every time, you know, I didn't have to ask you how much water you've been drinking. Well, since I had your bottles every time, but <laughs> you were drinking water, your, your nutrition was always gone. <clears throat> you know, and one thing I have to say is like, when I ate that, uh, that chocolate Martin bar, like at that point I could not eat anymore. <laughs> I couldn't eat that chocolate. And bar that was only stay. five miles. In, that was only five miles in. Right. I know I opened it up and I was like, Oh, this is a chocolate. And I was going to give it back to the aid station guy. And he was just like, uh, yeah, I don't want that back. <laughs> and I was, he probably was like, I fine. I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was delicious. But that, like that cluster dextrin, like like we were talking about, I was not hungry. I forced myself to eat it, just because I was like, "Well, I'm going to eat it" because I never had yeah. one. And then after that, I'm like, I I drank the rest of my bottles to equestrian. Then we filled up again. Then all I drank was my bottles to nacho. Hmm. Then when we went from um, when we got on that power line section, and I was kind of struggling, I took two of the Martin caffeine just to. See if the caffeine would help. Yeah, help my legs. But oh, I did not like those. I was not a fan. <laughs> yeah, they don't taste too. No, good. they don't. They taste <laughs> awful. Well, the consistency of yeah. a Morton Jail is just like it's awful as it is to begin with, and then, and then you add in like, like oh, I don't know, baking powder, baking soda taste, and it's like oh god, it's yeah. awful. You know, but I could see that that would that would work, but man, oh, I just can't get past it. It's like eating a goo. <laughs> <laughs> It's like taking hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, it was just uh, so, I mean, I did some training with that stuff when I did, you know, some longer runs here in South Dakota with just that um, cluster dextrin and I really didn't eat much um, on those runs either. This was a little different, uh, different style because I wasn't trained like i was saying but um yeah even when i got back to the finish i wasn't even hungry still like i don't think either of us ate till the next day yeah no and honestly it wasn't like till like later in the day that i ate but it's crazy anyway so everything went well uh took me a couple days to figure out what the issue was with my feet um, it was my calf sleeves. They were cutting off circulation. I was not getting proper blood flow back and forth and I was having a vascular issue. Um, it was almost like a blood pulling at my feet, <laughs> which sounds <laughs> super dangerous, but you know, it's like, whatever, let's just continue running 50 miles on them. But, um, <laughs> you know, I reached out to a couple of PTs, my coach, uh, she was reaching out to people trying to figure out like, what was it? What happened? Like, why did this go wrong? Um, and then it was, you know, just pure stupidity on my part doing calf sleeves. You know, I've run calf sleeves before in races, but never, um, never started really with them. Always kind of just done like the 50 mile turnaround, throw them on just to kind of help the calves out. Cause my calves usually swell up like crazy. Um, and I obviously never had an issue, but I think that I've decided that calf sleeves are just um, in the trash now. So (laughs) (laughs) sorry if you wear calf sleeves, but if you have blood pulling in your feet, you're going to think differently about them. So, um, yeah. So shout out to my PTs, uh, Nick for, uh, helping me nail that one down. But 
Yeah, it was uh, it was an exciting time. You, you know, like I said, um, I had a goal of 15 hours going in. Um, I did not hit that goal. I ultimately finished in 1620, got the Western States cutoff, um, had an absolute blast of a time running with friends. Um, shout out to my boy Nate, who finished his first 100K as well. That was it was just an overall great, great time. Um, I, I have zero regrets about the entire race, honestly, other than wearing calf sleeves. Never do that again. But <laughs> I was supposed to run the 25K the next day with my dad. Um, I couldn't even walk. So running 16 miles was going to be a big negative. So I got my first DNS. I should have started the race and then quit and got a DNF because – what is it dnf over dns <laughs> but dude i wasn't even i wasn't even i couldn't even have standed is that stood couldn't even have stood at the f- starting line long enough for them to start the race that's how much pain i was in but honestly i should have like dnf over dns but whatever i don't care i got a dns um that doesn't matter. yeah it doesn't matter at all i don't care um especially after running kind of kind of upset that, that i couldn't run with my dad because that was the plan but um, but he went out there and he freaking rocked it. He did like four and a half hours with like 2,500 feet of gain or something like that. Like crushed it. Longest trail race that he's ever done. I think the longest he did was he ran, he paced me for nine miles at Rocky raccoon and then ran that 16 miler and four and a half hours. And I'm like, uh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the next morning I'm mean, you're at the start, the temperatures were, much cold they were the yeah day. the next morning it was really cold and it was cold pretty much the whole day because it was like misting and it was like really humid and cold and wind blowing it was like kind of miserable that day but whatever it is what it is <laughs> when i uh got back to the trailer on you know the night that he finished well i guess it was the morning of the next day they had left the the finished <clears throat> then i came back later and justin's laying on the bed and <laughs> He, he was just telling me how much pain he was in and he couldn't even, you know, put the blankets over his feet. Dude, it was so bad. <laughs> and well, well, his feet are just sticking out of that of the blankets. All the, all the blood was just finally getting into my feet and it was hurting so bad. I was like, it was throbbing. Every time it would throb, it would just send pain all the way at my legs. Like I was like, I was almost to the point where I was like, I was going to go wake up my parents and be like, I got to go to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. It It was so bad, but... Yeah, it finally went away, and I could hear him now. I'm a couple, you know, what, what are we? I'm, we're a week out now. Yeah, oh God, it's already week, been a yeah, week. week. It's insane. I know. That's what I was thinking yesterday. I was like, "What, well, geez." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> feet feel fine now. I haven't ran yet. I'm probably not going to run until next week. Just coach had me on a, a full week off, which I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna test that. So just save it. Did, uh, if you if you have a coach, listen to your coach because um, they know what they're doing. Well, most of them do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, I could say that I was, you know, taken back on how rocky the course was. You know, when we were kind of on the trail, we were talking about, you know, Wamsley's course record on there. Like how unbelievable that is to run on that terrain yeah. at that speed. Yeah. Like I've ran a lot of different places. And like Justin kind of said, it reminded me of being above tree line in Colorado. Hmm. Just rocks the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> and those little short, steep climbs and going through the whatever that stuff that made you bleed was. The so, soto, like soto cactus or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was just – I was – really taken back by how gnarly that course was yeah. and you have to go do it man you know i was kind of thinking about it when i got back i was talking to steve he's like you should come back and do it next year i'm like well we'll see but <laughs> it was like i had a lot of fun out there yeah besides my my little thing but that doesn't matter um so beautiful so beautiful especially that sunset we got to see dude the sunset was incredible it was incredible then hearing the shit in the trees <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little pigs and deer in the trees. Yeah, making weird noises. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll end this guy. Looks like we're at fifty nine minutes. Probably long enough for people to listen to me blabber on about a race. 
Well, we got 30 seconds before we hit an hour. What's your main takeaway from Bandera 100K? Uh, that the mind is a powerful tool. And you can control a lot by having a strong mind with, I keep saying it, the amount of pain that I was in, being able to push through even surprises me, to be honest with you. So the mind is a strong thing. Train your mind. And you'll do incredible things. <laughs>